welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and today we're getting creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky. We're talking about the Adams Family. As always, I'm Kate, and we're with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And it's October, which means it's spooky month, which means it's also the month of Alex. Yeah, I'm back for a whole month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so why don't you tell anybody who hasn't probably listened to this podcast and doesn't already think that you're our fourth unofficial host, (laughs) uh, why you're here and what you do? Yeah, so... Aside from being a big Adams Family fan, I am the assignment editor at FrightDay.com, a genre and horror news and review website. Um, grew up watching the movies, a little bit of the TV show, the cartoon, had an Uncle Fester action figure. Like, this is more my jam than you would probably expect, since otherwise I'm like, you know, a pretty, I'd say probably like fairly clean cut looking, like positive happy person like i was brought on for the mr rogers episode so if that tells you anything and the, ca- and the steve rogers episode and the steve rogers episode and Alex now i'm here also for the adams the- family adams is all the pop culture rogers is basically yeah uh but yeah so i like spooky stuff i like horror i like the adams family and that's why i'm here and thanks for having me it is always really fun now for a whole month yes <laughs> So our first question is, who's your favorite Adams and why? Alex, you're last. Okay. <laughs> Adrian? Um, this is a question I don't think I've ever been asked before, and I'm like vigorously trying to like see who I like more. Uh, <laughs> I think Uncle Fester. Because I'm thinking about like the movie, right? The movie is like yeah. my jam. That's where I spent... And I think Uncle Fester is my favorite. Uncle Fester or Pugsley, because like you know they're they're a good duo. I don't know. Just like Pugs- I like them. Pugsley is also like the pure spirit of the entire like Adams clan. I think that's why I like him. I, I think that might <laughs> that might be it. Yeah, Uncle Fester and Pugsley, and you know Lurch is you know I'm I'm a big fan of uh big things and Lurch is Lurch is, Lurch is the man, unsung um, hero of the Adams family. Uh, that is a reference to the Vin Diesel and Rock episode. I mean, Fast and Furious. <laughs> we got it in. We got it in, guys. Even in month of Alex, we're still talking about Fast and the Furious. You're welcome, Matt. Um, I'm trying to think because, like Adrian, I've never actually thought like who's my favorite. Um, it's also been a while. because uh, obviously I'm going off probably the older movies as well. I think it's safe to assume that the bulk of all of our information comes from the '90s movies. Yeah, I know other stuff existed, and obviously, I'm, I do remember watching the early TV show. I watched some of that stuff, but yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... Probably, I have a toss-up between Wednesday and Thing. Only because Thing usually has an attitude. That's what I'm going with. I mean, you're not wrong. Thing definitely hasn't. Those are probably the two most attitude people in the <laughs> in the Adams family. Very true. I think it seems like seems like our favorites are brands. So I think I know who yep. Kate's is without her even saying it. You want to guess? Uh, Wednesday. No. Or Morticia. Morticia. Yeah. Oh, I mean, those are those are pretty. Yeah. So it was Wednesday when I was young, but I've grown now. <laughs> And it is Morticia, and a lot of it is, uh, I, one of the gifts I use all the time if you follow me on Twitter is 
uh, from, I think it's Adam's Family Values, where she says, uh, we feast on those who would subdue us. Oh, yeah, the Adam's Family motto. Yep. Yes. Um, I love Morticia Adams. I love Angelica Houston a whole damn bunch, which is why I was super excited when she was in John Wick 3. She's so but good in that role. She really is. She's terrifying. Um, and yeah, no, I just love Morticia. Uh, growing up, I actually always really loved Gomez and Morticia's relationship. And then, uh, now that I'm older and I rewatch the Adams family, like Morticia is shady. Like everything she says, she is just cutting people. And like, uh, one of my other favorite ones is betraying the family. I can understand, but Debbie pastels. <laughs> yeah <laughs> debbie's the worst and debbie really is <laughs> uh but yeah so morticia but okay. it was wednesday when i was young so you're not wrong adrian i've just grown i i have to say yeah when i was younger wednesday was probably my favorite mostly because i had like a real big crush on her in those movies <laughs> uh which uh, so at some point that had come up I, uh, when i was talking to to kelsey my i guess now fiance um, it was like, oh, well, who did you have a crush on as a kid? And I had said Wednesday. And then, like, months later, she had this shirt on. I was like, oh, I really like that shirt. And she was like, is it because it looks like Wednesday Adams? And then I was like, oh, no. How deeply seated is this? I never outgrew it. Right? It was, yeah, it was like a black shirt with a white collar. And as soon as she said that, I was like, I don't know that you're wrong. Uh, but I think now, honestly, Gomez is probably my favorite. There's this, like, very, like chaotic slight like almost wholesome energy to him and like a sense of like duty and family and respect but then just like he's super weird and funny and great so alex yeah basically like he resonates <laughs> with me in a weird way that i didn't expect and also just the movies like it's such an iconic performance and so like the mustache the costuming everything shout out to raul julia who i will explain I will talk a lot about because I love that man and I, it makes me so sad that he died so early. Um, and it got dark and heavy. When you were talking about how much you love Angelica Houston, something that's been in the back of my head for like, I'm going to say the better part of a decade at this point is that I would love to see Wes Anderson do a live action Adams family and keeping Angelica Houston as like Morticia or grandmama or something uh, since he works with her. Yeah. But I feel like his like his aesthetic and how weird and offbeat that family is, it would be potentially a very, very good movie. That is actually a very odd pairing that works. Right? Like, I would yeah, love I to it. see that. Because all you would have, because essentially, if you look at the aesthetic of the old Adams Family movies, and you look at kind of like the vibrant but muted, ex, oh, the video vibrant me, but, but muted uh, yeah. palette that Anderson always uses, it kind of fits. Yes. Okay, now we're going to dive into the meat of this episode, uh, which I'm actually really excited. I usually have like really, really deep episodes, uh, but this, I mean, our connections to the Adams family is deep, but this is going to be really lighthearted and fun, uh, kind of like our Borderlands episode. So, yeah, we, we have four and like less than a quarter of notes. Guys, I usually have 10. Yeah, I know. It's, this is very surprising and I'm excited to see how much, how much the love goes. Cause you know, because you know, if it's a short notes, you know, Kate has lots to say about the short stuff that she's about to go on. So, for those of you who are patrons and you see the notes, you're going to be a little surprised that this isn't uh, this isn't normal, Kate. 
Did you just Spooky say she's cake. like Queen of Filler? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, mister, we're going to talk about Fable for 30 minutes. But I fit it conversation, in there. Though. I mean, it worked. <laughs> kind of. Maybe. I don't know. It was co-op. Uh, but yeah, so uh, The Addams Family is a fictional household created by American cartoonist Charles Adams. Uh, Adams is spelled the same way for his name. That family includes Gomez and Morticia, Wednesday, Pugsley, Uncle Fester, Grandmama, Lurch the Thing, and Cousin It. Uh, I used to get called Cousin It when I was little because I don't believe in brushing my hair. I never have, and when I was younger... That's such a good my, nickname. My grandpa refused to let me cut my hair for the longest time, so it was, like, super, super long, and I just, like, ran around like a wild child. And then I got gum in it one time, and then it was Matilda haircut all the way from there. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> And then also, I was called Mowgli. <laughs> uh, one Adams that, and I don't know where this falls on here, but Pubert. Oh yeah, Pubert from Family Values. If I remember right, Pubert is Pugsley's original name, and like nobody would let him print that or put it in a movie or anything, and so they changed it to Pugsley. Pubert is also just a terrible, great name. Right, it's awful. Like it is absolutely <laughs> awful. Uh, but Puber in Family Values is amazing. Be born with a mustache. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, so they originally appeared as an unrelated group of 150 single panel cartoons, about half of which were originally published in The New Yorker between their debut in 1938 and Charles Adams' death in 1988. What it means by unrelated is that there was no real cohesive story that took you through this. You just knew they were a family and they appeared all the time. Their relationship was the only connective tissue between the individual panels. Um, as a family, Gomez and Pugsley's are <laughs> Gomez and Pugsley. Oh, I want to see a pug dressed up as Pugsley. Oh, that's very good. Right. Matt, we need to get a pug, and then I can name him Pugsley. No. Yes. It has no. to happen. Spend money on a pun. For no. the gram? No. The fact that you said for the gram makes an extra no. What if it was for <laughs> yeah. the vine? Uh, well, now for the TikTok? It'd, be, it'd be even longer, <laughs> so it'd be a TikTok now. Because apparently you don't, we went you don't from annoying money. people in 15 seconds to annoying people in a minute. You don't want to spend money on the pun pug pugsley? No. Oh my gosh. I also feel like that has been taken multiple times of the year. So I don't, I don't know how, care, like, Matt. I've never seen is. it, so it's new in my mind. I don't think that's how that works. Yes, it is. When it comes to how characters are, Gomez and Pugsley are enthusiastic. Morticia is even in disposition, muted and witty. Grandma Frump is foolishly good-natured. Wednesday is her mother's daughter, of course, and they're ultimately closely, they're a closely-knit family, with Morticia being the head of the family, and ultimately a lot of the troubles that they end up having within the different series, serieses, different, different series, different iterations of the Adamses. Iterations? Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Iteration, yeah. In the different iterations, I promise I have degrees, guys. Uh, the different iterations is because of Grandmama. Um, overall, they're also super, super rich. Like, real rich. Like, Inexplicable. Keep a lion, yeah, keep a lion in your house and have a giant room of gold rich. Um, 
And so, like, when we go into the history, the history is mainly looking through their adaptations because they have been adapted many, many times. So outside of the uh, comic, uh, there is the 1964 live-action television series on ABC. Which I've actually seen they... some of those. They're not I that bad. I have, too. Like it's them. all on Hulu, and I think you can buy the box set for, like, 30 bucks. Well, there you go. I watched them all... Two years ago to sub like it there were buffers between my 31 days of horror um it's real good um then there was a 1977 made for tv film which was halloween with the adams family and then the adams family first appeared in an animated appearance was on the third episode of the new scooby-doo movies Scooby-Doo meets the Adams Family, a.k.a. Wednesday is Missing, which first aired on CBS Saturday morning in 1972. Four of the original cast, John Astin, Carolyn Jones, Jackie Coogan, and Ted Cassidy, all returned for the special, which involved the Adamses in a mystery with the Scooby-Doo gang. The Adams Family characters were drawn to the specifications of the original Charles Adams cartoons, which is something we'll talk about later on at the end of this episode. And after the episode aired, fans wanted more animated adventures featuring the, featuring the Adamses, and so Hanna-Barbera made a cartoon, which first aired in 1973, which I don't know if any of you all saw the old cartoon, like the old, old one, but I remember watching that on Boomerang. I don't yeah. know that I've seen it, actually. I think I've seen stills from it, but I haven't watched an episode. They yeah, I've seen the, car. yeah, I've seen the newer one, but I have not seen the 70s one. They're pretty yeah, I saw, similar. I saw the 70s ones on... on boomerang and also like shows how rich, rich they are too in like in that cartoon because it's cartoon right so you can just do stupid stuff with money oh, yeah. i googled it because i was curious and forbes in this 2007 article says that uh gomez adams is worth two billion dollars i love it which is a i lot love of it so much <laughs> so is that two billion from when they were created or is it two billion now Good question. Oh this is also because I know that's been article, an issue so with like, like a lot of these even characters. With inflation, that'd be even more, right? So yeah. Well, yeah, because that's what I was wondering with a lot of these characters because people try to use that as an example to justify like, oh, even this, you know, cartoon or animated or just TV character is only worth this much compared to that. And I'm like, yeah, but they were created in 1956. So were they worth six billion dollars in 1950, or are they worth six billion now? Two billion dollars in 1960 is a lot of money. How much is it? En enough to put money in a uh, line in your house in a trap door. <laughs> and a giant room of gold. I don't know. I'll, I'll look for the inflation thing and I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, in the 90s is when we get the next round of Adamses. And that is in the Adams Family, which first came out in 1991. This has an amazing cold open where carolers are inexplicably singing, like, away from the house. Like, with their backs to the door. And the camera pans up with the theme music, not the actual song, just the music. Um, and they, like, drop boiling stuff on them, and it is great, and I loved it. Um, and it, like, goes, like, the Adams Family comes out of the cauldron, like, the words. It's really good. Um, the second one was Adam's Family Values in 1993, and in between these two, there was a second animated series, which I watched a whole, that, uh, that and the Beetlejuice series were two yes. things that I watched, like, nonstop. 
They were so good. Um, sadly, Raul Julia died uh, mid-90s, and following his death, the series was rebooted in 1998 with a direct-to-video film starring Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. And uh, it also had a live-action spin-off TV series, which ran from 1998 to 1999. I feel um, like I've seen this, and I feel like I just don't recall it that well because I did not like it. So It's, it's like, real it, bad. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but it was one of those so bad that I've like wiped it from existence. It's really bad, and they redid the 90, or the Adams Family theme song. To like yeah. this, it's the new Adams Family. Yep. Da, da, yep. Da, 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 da. Now you it. It was now so getting... bad. Yep. There we go. Coming it was back really now. Really bad. Uh, which makes me sad because Tim Curry is amazing, but he just looks horrible as Gomez. Like I, I think one of the things that happened with the '91 ones is it kind of made it so that nobody who doesn't look like Raul Julia can play Gomez Adams. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of people mad about the new animated series uh, or the new animated film saying that Gomez didn't look right. And I'm like, you mean he doesn't look like Raul Julia? Yes, that's the problem. And because Oscar Isaac, uh, go to Sucker Punch, looks exactly like he could He would have be been such a good live action Julia. Gomez. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's the voice of Gomez, but like you missed, missed a big mark. He could have been live action. Uh, quick, quick note. I found some stuff. Uh, two yes. billion dollars in 1960 would be 16 billion dollars now. Um, and I like just before we move on the trilogy of the Adams family stuff. I think it's hilarious because Barry Sonnefeld, you may remember that name, uh, from our Men in Black episode, also did is the director of those movies and Men in Black and Wild Wild West. I love his filmography. Like you go from Adams Family to Men in Black then to Wild Wild West. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> you made me skip Wild Wild it's West. It's so good. Go it's to, perfect. No, we, Do yeah, not skip Wild, Wild Wild West. West. I kind of want to watch that as like a good. triple feature. <gasps> right? <laughs> yes. Patreon supporters, if you're listening, give us Make two Matt of those watch movies. Wild Wild West. Do you not remember that Will Smith gave up the Matrix for Wild Wild West? Worth it. And it was the best <laughs> thing ever. No. And I feel like yes, he said since then that he doesn't regret it because he knows he couldn't have done the Matrix justice. Yeah, he has. And that's what they and always what, say because that has what you have to say. And then we no, because like Billy Crystal talks about how music. he messed up when he didn't take Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, and people, and like when you say that, people still give him shit for it too. Yeah, but he, had, but that's the thing is like he admits <laughs> it. He's like, yeah, that was definitely a mistake. I'm not going to say, oh, I couldn't have done it. I'm going to say, I wish I had. <laughs> All I'm saying is wild wild west is good no it's that's not. a fact it's good kevin klein and will smith and the weird colonel sanders man yeah that's good that's good the fact thank you call him the world weird colonel sanders man thank you barry sonnefeld for giving us wild wild west and the adams family Thank in you. the same in couple of decades but as we move down the line of iterations and gomez's uh, Nathan Lane comes into it because he played Gomez in the musical adaptation. And I looked up pictures. He does not make a bad Gomez. Really? Yeah. Surprisingly. He works what... when Tim Curry couldn't. Oh, yeah, that actually works. I don't remember what Nathan Lane looks like. He looks like a Disney cartoon come to life. He does. <laughs> I mean, because, I, mean, I mean, isn't Nathan Lane just a Disney cartoon come to life? 
right? Like the the voice, the facial features, all of it. The, the overly expressive eyebrows. He just looks like an older version. Yep. <laughs> Real good. Um, but yeah. Is that Wednesday or supposedly his wife? That's Wednesday. Okay. I was like, That's looks Wednesday. a little too old. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think there's a still a Broadway thing going on, right? Like he's still doing it? Yeah. I believe so. I like, I like Googling to see if there's musicals. And there is still a musical going on in 2019. I don't know if Nathan Lane's still on that, but. I hope he Europe. is. Um, and then uh, Bebby Newirth played uh, Morticia in that. It opened on Broadway, and it was nominated for two Tony Awards and eight Drama Desk Awards. In addition to those Adamses, there are also video game Adamses, which I did not know, and I'm very sad that I didn't know, and now I want to go get an emulator so I can play these games. Um, the first is called... Fester's Quest. It came out in 1989, and it was a top-down adventure game which featured Uncle Fester. Uh, 1992 had two versions of the Addams Family, which were released by Ocean Software, Software based on the 1991 movie, an 8-bit version for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Game Boy, Sega Master System, and Sega Game Gear, as well as the ZX Spectrum and Commodore 64. I forgot about those last two. forgot they were a thing. Um, and a 16-bit version, which was released for the Super Nintendo, the Amiga, for God, that was a thing, the Atari, and the Sega Man Drive slash Genesis. Pretty sure I played that game. I want I've you played to it, that. I haven't finished it. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those, I'm like, oh yeah, I finished this, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I played that. Uh, later in 1990, well, before that, in 1991, Incom Simulations published the Adams Family video game for the Turbo Graphics, GraphX. I just, I like GraphX with an F and not a PH and no I. CD in 1991. Um, and then there was a sequel to that game called The Adams Family Pugsley's, Pugsley's Scavenger Hunt, which came out in 1993. Um, that one was also done by Ocean Software and was based on the ABC animated series and was re released for NES, Super Nintendo, and the Game Boy. Uh, 1994, you get the Adam Adam's Family Values, which was also by Ocean and was based on the movie sequel and returned to the style of gameplay that we saw in Fester's Quest. There was a Game Boy Color game that was released in the 1990s for promotion of the new Adam's Family. Uh, the really, really awful really awful live action tv series that they did and it was called and it was called the new adams family series uh finally an arcade shocker the new adams family electric shock machine also known as electrifying was released by eurocom and nova productions in 1989 that one i actually remember i've played that one yeah i mean i played a couple of these but that one i know i for sure i've played it was really fun wasn't it just hold on while you get electrocuted Yes, and you would just see how many people could hold on, like, longer than other people. It was so yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, we had this in our Peter Pipers back back home. Yeah. Should have yeah. just tased people. It was so that's, fun. That's Matt's idea of an arcade is just tasing kids in an alley. I mean, that's the Adams <laughs> Family idea of a game, literally. That's true. There, what's the game that Wednesday plays with Pugsley? Is there a god? Yes. Yes. It's one of um, my favorite moments. 
I do want to say, when are we doing the episode where we can talk about the 90s video games where they just made a video game out of everything? Oh, the cross-promotional market. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Licensed products in general are fascinating. I know, but, like, we don't even get the video games anymore. But, like, 90s, man, they were giving you, like, TV series? You're getting three games. They were giving them you with your Pizza Hut pizzas. And your Burger King. And your Burger Kings and your McDonald's and your everything. Good times, man. Pizza Hut is how I found out about Tony Hawk. I played the crap out of that demo. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. There's also a pinball pinball games that are out there. Didn't think it was too important, but you can play pinball, the Adams Family, which actually is a good fit. love that pinball machine. (laughs) And then there are three books. Uh, the Adams Family, which is the first novelization of the TV series written by Jack Sharkey, and it was released near the end of the show's second season. The book details the family's arrival in their new home and explains how it got its bizarre decor. The arrival and origins of Thing are also explained. Each chapter reads as a self-contained story like episodes of the television show, and the novel concludes with the Adams Family discovering that their lives will be the basis for a new television series. And it was published by Pyramid Books in 1965. Then there is The Addams Family Strikes Back. The Addams Family Strikes Back was, bought, was written by W.F. Mitch. And this tells how Gomez plans to rehabilitate the image of Benedict Arnold by running for the local school board. The tone and characterization of the book resemble the TV characters much more closely than the first novel. Cousin It appears as a minor character in this story, but as a tiny three-legged creature rather than the hairy, derby-hatted character seen in television and movies. The novel was published in 1965 as well. And then there is, this is my favorite name, The Addams Family in Evolution. Uh, This was published in 2010 and it is a book about the evolution of the adams family characters with more than 200 published and previously unpublished cartoons and includes text by charles adams h kevin mirashoki uh director of the t and charles adams foundation and the book was published uh by pomegranate press uh yeah that's it that's the history now it's time for the book why those um unless anybody have any has any questions on that very simple history uh okay so the very first but why though is the reason we talk about a lot of stuff here it's a pop culture staple and has also spawned like i said video games academic book soundtracks and their grammy nominated theme song uh the family has had a profound influence on america american comics as well as well as cinema and television and has been seen as an inspiration for the goth subculture and its fashion, um, which is probably one of its largest impacts is goth girls are Wednesday. Um, like, that's just, that's how it is. <laughs> if you watch the craft and then you look at Wednesday Adams, it's the same. Um, it also... Not only did it inspire fashion-wise and, like, dark tones, but also the entire stylings of the Adams Family House, which it is styled on, like, romantic Gothic literature and Gothic architecture, which is its own thing. Um, The purples and the Victorian wallpaper, all that stuff that was inside the Adams Family House, 
uh, has transferred into a lot of goth culture so far as like decorating merchandise that kind of stuff whether it's it's uh whether it's a part of the adams family or not does anybody even use wallpaper anymore is that still a thing that's a good question because i don't think you should put wallpaper on like stuccoed walls which is I remember when I was a kid, my mom had wallpaper, and then she hated it all the time. And that's about the only thing I know about I remember wallpaper. my mom, like, steaming it yep. off of a wall one time. So one of the other things I want to talk about when you look at pop culture staples is that the other thing that comes into the conversation is the Munsters. Uh, so the Munsters ran at the, sa ran at the exact same time as the Addams Family, but the Addams Family cartoon or comic strip uh, predated the Munsters, uh, but they did run competitively against each other, and they did a lot of the same things. The only difference is the Munsters are actual monsters. Yes. It, what is uh, it? It's, it's a Frankenstein married to a Morticia-type character whose father is a vampire and their son is a werewolf. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And they have, like, the really pretty, like, perfectly 1950s neighbor. Yes, and also... Rob Zombie's song Dragula is about the vampire grandpa's car. Yes. Yes. And I cannot get away from that. It's the funniest thing to me. <laughs> that song's great, though. Also, it had uh, Fred Gwynn playing uh, uh, Herman. Herman was the I think so. dad, yeah. right? Yeah, Herman, Herman Munster. Uh, which, if you've seen Pet Cemetery, he is the guy who says dead. Uh, well, fuck. Sometimes dead Sometimes is better. Sometimes dead is better. Yeah. In a very, very thick Maine accent. Um, but yeah, so these are two... They're both really formative shows. Um, they've, But ultimately, the reason the Addams Family has had a lasting, longer impact is because the Addams Family has been iterated on multiple times with success, whereas the Munsters had one, I think it was called, like, 1313 Mockingbird Lane or something, so it wasn't called the Munsters, but it only lasted for a pilot, which was really sad because the pilot was really good. Um, so that is one of the reasons why we talk about the Adams Family. Wow, we don't necessarily like know too much about the Munsters, other than how people looked. Um, I didn't like them, though, so that was fine. Really? Yeah, I didn't care for them. Why? They were happy, jolly people. They were really happy and jolly. They were less, they were less macabre than the Adamses. Definitely. Um, ultimately, according to the Telegraph, the Adamses are one of the most iconic families of American history, and they are ranked up there with the Kennedys. Similarly, time compared the relevance and cultural reach of the family with those of both the Kennedys and the Roosevelt so much a part of the American landscape that it's difficult to discuss the country's history without mentioning them. For a TV guide, which listed characters in the top 10 of 60 greatest TV families of all time, the Adamses provided the design for cartoonish clans to come, like the Flintstones and the Simpsons. Uh, beyond that, owning their popularity, the first feature-length adaptation has been identified as a cult film, while the Adams Family Values was listed as one of the 50 best family films by The Guardian and nominated for uh, AFI's 100 Years, 100 Laughs of the Century. Uh, Rigi's portrayal of Wednesday in the film series was ranked as one of the 100 greatest movie characters by Empire. 
See, Andy Alex, Cohen. you have stuff to back up your Wednesday crush. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Christina Ricci's still hot. <laughs> yeah, but the... one last monster okay. thing, I guess the thing that really bugged me about them, because they were literally a boring family. They just happened to be monsters. There was nothing unique about them except they were just monsters. But besides that, they were just boring. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's its own kind of people. fun for a sitcom. I mean, like just taking something kind of weird and then making it ordinary. Like, I know none of my friends have really watched the show in any sort of depth, but Dinosaurs is just an yeah. American family sitcom, but with animatronic suits. Yes. Yes. No, I think you're completely <laughs> right. And I do love the monsters, but I do think that there is a lot of darkness and commentary that happens in the Adams family that you don't get in the monsters because of that. So the next part or it's kind of like the two-parter to this pop culture staple, is everybody knows the Addams Family theme song. I legit, and the, like, I I feel like if I walk into the middle of the crowd and I go, da-da-da-da, somebody will, somebody will snap. Absolutely. Nobody here I wanted to do it, it just now. sad. <laughs> but, like, it's extremely iconic and... It's not even the words. It's it's just the. This is so good, um, but the cool thing about the theme song is there are a lot of there are a lot of variations on it. Um, specifically, my favorite, which came from the nineteen ninety one films release, which was uh, producers wanted an updated version of the classic song, something that would attract both fans of the TV show as well as new fans. So, they enlisted the vocal stylings of one Mr. MC Hammer. Yes. I was yes. listening to the uh, oral history of MTV, and they talked about this music video. It's really good. I just watched it like four times before we recorded. <laughs> I added it to my spooky playlist for my Halloween party. I'm very excited. Um, it's called Adam's Groove. I'm going to yep. put the video in the show notes because everybody needs to listen to it and party spookily with MC Hammer. <laughs> um, the Hammer version features rap verses, which directly tie into the plot of the film, accompanied by familiar riffs of the theme song. It was also used in the sequel, Adam's Family Values, and it was popular for films at the time to create a theme song just for the film, uh, like Ghostbuster and apparently Speed... Speed also had its own theme song. Was it I just don't a know bus who did engine? it. It was from Billy Idol called Speed. White Wedding? Yeah, so after that, uh, it also has had uh, pop rock uh, covers. So there is Caspian and then the Mannheim and then Mannheim Steamroller both covered the Adam Family theme song for the Halloween themed albums. And both of the songs alter the original significantly, but maintain the melody, which is kind of what everybody does. Um, also, for the TV movie or the, the the TV movie reboot with Tim Curry, Adam's Family Reunion, there was an R and B an R and B group called Straight Vocals. Uh, you can guess how that was spelled. It was the 90s. no, you can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> Yes, you can. It was nice spelling. S T R A T E. And yep. vocals with a Z. But who would guess the first half of that? The Z is obvious. The nineties are, are the nineties are defined who... by the superfluous Z's and X's. 
<laughs> people who listened to 90s R&B. That's, okay, that's fair. Because <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I didn't think it, I didn't think twice when I wrote straight vocals on here. Um, and they also recorded a version of the theme song, uh, but it didn't, people didn't like it. Like at all. Well, nobody liked the movie, so they kind of had everything stacked against them too. That too. Um, I honestly, I don't think as a kid I even knew that Adam's Family Reunion happened. I remember it, but... But I would say, like, ultimately, like, when it comes to all the covers, the weird thing is, is the R&B one sounds the most similar. It's just, like, completely huh. acapella. Oh. I need to listen to this it's, later. Yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I also Google it, and the Adams Family theme song on this one list in 2019, the 50 greatest TV theme songs of all time for live action. Which I think is a good distinction, right? Because there's so many. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, live action ranks number seven on this list. Oh, what's number one? Uh, number six, Mission Impossible. Five, Batman. Four, Cheers. Three, SWAT. Two, the Rockerford Files, and number one, Hawaii Five O. What the hell was two? I've, I have no idea. What but was I think three? An old, I think an old person did this. Yeah. <laughs> so I recognized some of them, but then they had the two. I think it was two and three that I was like, "What?" Can you oh, find yeah, somebody under Files the age of fifty? The... Who like thirty? Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, it's, it's these is old people. It's like SWAT. It's like what is SWAT? I remember it was a bad movie from like 2004. Whoa, 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 whoa! You show Ella cool Jason respects. <laughs> Relax. Was that the one? Oh, that's the. It's like the same oh, theme song they do in the movie. Yeah. It's a good movie, Matt. Get out of here. I like that movie. But it's I also like the movie. Yeah, the fact that we didn't even know the top five, I think says a lot. Yes. These are all movies from like the 70s and 80s, so an old person definitely made this list. When you think about it, outside of just the melody that plays in the first Adam's Family movie, they don't actually use the actual Adam's Family song in it. So like just that melody alone. I'll rewatch those movies. You have to pay for them now. They're not on any streaming services. I got real sad. Ah! I got DVDs, real sad. Man. DVDs. You have to have the VHS somewhere. That was a long time ago. I had family values on VHS because my mom said yeah, my mom loved that uh, Wednesday destroys the, the Thanksgiving. Story. Oh, the speech that she gives is one of my favorite things. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> You should okay. say that in here. Uh, but yeah, so beyond that, uh, the Adams family also represents an ideal family in a very unideal way for the times. So the Adamses are essentially a satirical inversion of what the 20th century American family was supposed to be. So the family overall is an odd, wealthy, aristocratic clan who delight in the macabre and are pretty much unaware or... It, depending on the iteration, they're either unaware that people don't like them and find them scary, or they 
know that people don't like them and find them scary, but they're perfectly okay with it and they just don't care. Um, both of those. I do find it better when they. I was gonna say I do find it better when they seemingly unaware of it. Yeah, we, I mean, which is kind of like what Adam's Family, the the nineties movies are, and like that entire MC Hammer song is just saying like they do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> yes, that's all that one is. Um, I think in the iterations where they don't know, where where the iterations where they don't care. It feeds more into the idea that the Adams family exists to subvert the ideas of what family should be. Um, the fact that Morticia and Gomez are extremely sexual is something that you didn't see a lot of in the 60s and um, like on TV. And it was the exact opposite of the way that couples were supposed to behave in public. Um, you also have Morticia as she is never painted to be domineering she is just painted to be the head of the household um she the the trope the tropes are inverted between her and gomez gomez is completely over like all over her all the time tells her how much he loves her all of the time can't live without her all of the time and morticia is just like yeah i love you that's it (laughs) and she just like dictates what goes on in the house and that in and of itself is the complete opposite of what the nuclear family should be. Uh, beyond that, you have characters that just refuse to conform to the standards around them, even if they're not aware, and especially if they don't care uh, that people are scared of them. And it it reedifies, it pushes back against this idea that you perform everything for the outside world. Families have to be 100% all of the time. And it kind of allows for this otherness uh, without making it weird, essentially. It makes it okay. Um, Although most of the humor derives from the fact that they share macabre interests, the Adamses are not evil, and they're never shown as being evil. Except for Wednesday sometimes. Yeah, the whole, I would say, Um, going back to the whole, we're going to play a game called Is There a God while Pugsley's in an electric chair? Yeah. Every every now and then Um, Wednesday has an evil streak. A little bit. Uh, But at the end of the day, they're an extremely close-knit and loving family and extended family. And that even happens between Wednesday and Pugsley. Yeah. Like, only Wednesday can treat him like that. Like, nobody else can. Mm -hmm. Um, Morticia is, first and foremost, an amazing mother, even though she is shown as being cold most of the time. Um... And the fact that her and Gomez are able to remain passionate is something that speaks loud for for uh, romantic pairings. Um, and then ultimately, uh, created by the the television series writers, uh, I can't say that word. She calls him Bubula. 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 I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not Jewish. Bubula. Bubula. Yeah. And then, like, the like the shtick between Gomez and Morticia is their, uh, like, her speaking French and then him get really, really turned on. And it's, like, it's, it's a caricature, but it is completely different. And this is something that people really drew to and fell in love with. Uh, they're also really supportive of their children. And the, fa- the, the family, as weird as they are love visitors 
Yes. And they don't hate them. They don't do anything. They're willing to give away so much of their money to help people all of the time, no matter what. And they do that even in the face of people not liking them, which is something that we see more happen in the 90s movies, especially Family Values. Also, real quick, one of the comics that is maybe my favorite Morticia mom moment is just like Pugsley sticking his head out of a door and Wednesday's talking to Morticia. And the caption just says, don't come whining to me. Go tell him you'll poison him right back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, that's the kind of mother she is. And that brings us to the 90s films because we've talked a lot about them tangentially, but like that is really like the reason why the Addams Family matters for our generation, at least. Um, Both of the Addams Family movies in the 90s received nominations for Academy Awards, BAFTA Awards, and Hugo Awards for her role as Morticia. Angelica Houston was nominated twice for Golden Globes for Best Actress. Raul Julia, uh, Christina Ricci, Christopher Lloyd, and Joan Cusack uh, all received multiple Saturn Awards and American Comedy Award nominations for their portrayals. And the films, like, they succeeded so much the the first film succeeded so much that it inspired the animated series to come around um and that was set in the same fictional universe and that ended up being nominated for four daytime emmys um including one for aston who is one of the voices and one of the original members of the very original cast of the adams family um beyond that like the 90s films are actually kind of deep like we talked about Wednesday's entire monologue against the colonization of the native people of the of America and it it had that commentary it had commentary on accepting yourself it had commentary on family it was able to do a lot and ultimately one of the things that the 90s I mean the series as a whole but mostly the way the Adams family was represented in these 90s films was that it was, like, and I can, like, speaking to this for, like, personal experience, like, it was a rallying call for people who didn't fit in. Like, the entirety of Adam's family values is just Wednesday and Pugsley thrown into a situation where they do not fit in with any of the people in their summer camp. And it is just them persevering through that. And Wednesday, just like getting back at the mean girls. Which, okay, so I I have that speech pulled up. And the context, if you haven't seen the movie, is that they are being forced to do like a Thanksgiving play at this summer camp, even though it's summer, not autumn. And it's very much the uh, like white public school narrative of, you know, pilgrims and uh, natives and all that. And Wednesday kind of like throws a wrench in it and has the, uh, the kids who were playing the natives, who are the outsiders and the not popular kids kind of like overthrowing the entire production. And uh, right before that happens, Wednesday gives the speech, you have taken the land, which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes on reservations where people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. You will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the pilgrims, especially Sarah Miller. But, like, it's that thing of, like, this was a family movie? Like... Yeah. 
One of my favorite images of Wednesday is her dressed up as a Native American holding the match oh, and like yeah. lighting the entire set on fire. There's also the implication <laughs> at the end of that scene is that Wednesday Adams sets a child on fire. Yes. Yes. Because especially Sarah Miller. I hate Sarah Miller. <laughs> she becomes, uh, if you don't know the actress who plays Sarah Miller in the Adam in Adam's Family Values, later becomes Harmony in the Buffy series. Excellent. Which is perfect casting. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if y'all have anything to say on the 90s movies and stuff. I know we've kind of talked about them throughout, but like that is for me like... I don't know, like, a lot of my childhood is the is the Addams Family. And the, those two movies, and every time it came on, like, just rushing to the TV to watch them. Especially because they always came on on AMC Family. Because the cool thing was Family Values played during Thanksgiving, and it played during Halloween. It's a it's a autumn movie, really. 100% start to finish. Yes. Um, the only two things I remember, I mean, obviously I remember a lot, but two things I got. One, the Perseverance when they lose their house in the, I don't remember which movie. I believe it's, is it the end of the, the first one? one? Or the second one, right. And basically, Thing has to go get a job, and they all have to go get jobs, and they're living out of the apartment. And then deciding, like, oh, we can pull ourselves back up and get where we were. And Thing working basically as jobs. And basically, the sad part is when they were doing that, Grandma Ma basically yelling, I'm trying to catch dinner in the backyard, and it's a dog. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. I don't like it. Now. It's a very disturbing part, or it's—I know it's meant to be funny, but then you're like, "Oh, they just ate the neighbor's dog." No, that's the thing is, yeah, those jokes always just kind of like slip through, and they just keep talking past them. It's like a constant theme in that franchise. And it's the '90s, right? I don't know if you can make a dog eating joke now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Unless it's animated, like it's another thing. Yeah. I mean, I—I I think the movies are are good. I think the '90s and early 2000s do a really good job of like giving us live action animated movies like that or like originated in kind of live action um i think about like scooby-doo in the early 2000s gives me a lot of like adam's family vibes of like how good it is how you can go watch that movie now and it probably has like a lot of like bad jokes in it which probably does but back then but they're so good and it was on all the time except Uh, we really don't the second one doesn't hold up the first one still holds up you're just saying you're just saying that it's good. It's no, good. we already watched the second one not Did that long really? ago. Yes, we did. We did it, I no, think it was last year. Because don't the first one that. actually holds oh, up no, really well. Oh, no, no, we did. I said that if it yeah. wasn't for Scrappy, the second one would have been really, really good. All I know is the first one holds up pretty well and really well, and I could, you can still watch it. The second one was tough. But the second one, you get, like, Kung Fu fighting Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne. Yeah. Come on, man. I, I love like them both. The first one still holds up. The second one doesn't hold up. It's too, it's too in its time, but it's still good. And I just Except, get very happy thinking that Daphne and Fred are still married. No, I love the I loved them both. One thing, but like I said rewatching the first one. Oh yes, second one. Yeah. We, eh, yeah, I mean, and I haven't watched the Addams Family movie in years just because I just I just haven't. I haven't had AMC Family in like forever, and it's not on any streaming services. So I haven't seen it in a while, but I always have like fond memories of it, right? And it's always like my titular, like that's the Adams family for me. Even though they don't, I mean, even if it's not like how this new animated thing or whatever, like that is the Adams family for me. A lot of the ways that like that live action Scooby Doo, like that Scooby Doo to me in a lot of ways too. Matthew Lillard so good. is shaggy. There's oh no for separation sure between the two. It <laughs> makes sure. rewatching Scream and Thirteen Ghosts real hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, Thirteen Ghosts for sure. I remember watching Thirteen Ghosts. Oh. I've, spoiler: I've watched. I've actually watched Thirteen Ghosts. And oh, that's cool. I thought it was hilarious because he was in it, and I was like, "That's Shaggy, dude." I forgot he played in that movie. <laughs> that's the only thing shaggy. I remember about that movie is that person who got split in half. I think the lawyer was the person who owns it by the glass. I love Thirteen Ghosts. That is an extremely underrated two thousands movie for me. It's yeah, real it's good. and real yeah, it's, disturbing. It's, it's real disturbing, but like I, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not that surprised about how many nominations that the, the movies have had. I'm surprised that it didn't win costume design. It lost out to Bugsley, whatever that movie is that has a 6.8 on Rotten Tomato or on uh, IMDb. So I don't think it's very good. Um, but yeah, I, I think it deserves more love in the Academy than it that it has. But I don't know if it's because it's in like that weird niche, like this might be horror, but it's not really horror kind of thing. Uh, but but they're good. Um, I'm not super excited for the live action or the new animated series just because it kind of just looks not. I don't know. I get like uh, yeah, like said earlier, it's not. Well, I do. It's not Raul Julia. I do want to say that I'm actually really disappointed with uh the Rotten Tomato scores for the Adams Family movies. Uh, it's a 65. What? For really? The first one. Way better yeah. than. That. It's a 65 for the first one and a 74 for the second one. Yeah, it's a 6.9 on IMDb, which is kind of criminally, criminally underrated in my yeah. opinion. Like, I huh. do think that the second one is the better of the two. I think that this is one of the few franchises where I think that, and it's all because of Pubert and Debbie. Um, but the, both of them deserve way higher. Yeah, and it has like a really great cast, right? Like I know like a lot of uh, stuff is put on um Hassan and, and Royal Julia, but Christopher Lloyd is he's a good. great Fester, <laughs> like, honestly. I and love I him as Fester. I like him more than the original. The, the new Fester is yeah, part of what makes so good. For the new Nick yeah. Kroll is not Uncle Fester. It's really weird. I under like it I I don't know why they thought making it this way would be the best thing when the people who are buying the tickets to go to the movies are the people who grew up on the 90s one. Oh, yeah. I don't think any of my, like, nieces and nephews who are of, uh, like, age that this is targeted at even know who the Adams family is. Yeah. Because um, when you think about it and how, like, generationally Adams family content is, it is very much our parents and then us. Which I guess you could make the argument that by like making this new one in a new way, it's it's trying to start an entire new audience the same way the 90s ones did. Um, but it just frustrates me. One, because I really, 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 really wanted live action Oscar Isaac as Oscar, as, uh, as Gomez. Uh, but two, like I. It just looks so different. Yeah. And I'm not ready for that. But I will say, like, I've seen the trailer in theaters now, like, three or four times, and it's grown on me a lot. Um, I think that the voice work will be able to carry the film, depending on how they do this. Uh, that said, I just don't necessarily, I don't know. I'm not excited. Oh. I don't hate it like I did at first. I guess, but I have very low expectations, I guess. Well, one, obviously, we talked about the Uncle Fester thing, which just looks bizarre and hard to do. Um, and but Nick Kroll is still Nick Kroll. Yeah. 
Um, I know for me, at least even, obviously, because I don't know if I've seen the trailer as many times in theaters. I know I've seen it at least twice, I believe. And then, obviously, the other time. I honestly don't like some of the jokes. I really don't. I'm on IMDb. The dialogue is not great. Uh, Snoop is playing It? Yes. Yes. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> yep. Why isn't he playing the lion? Is my question. <laughs> Why did they make the lion talk? Also, uh... Snoop Lion. Catherine O'Hara as Grandma Frump is going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They have a killer cast. They have, like, the, that, the cast that they have behind the scenes, with the exception of Pugsley and Wednesday, would work well in front of the camera. Yeah. Which I, said, is... I get it, but so far from what I've seen in the trailers, just the dialogue just seems so slapstick cheesy. Who's doing this one again? Yeah. Is it DreamWorks? I have no. No, I think it's no. Sky. Blue Sky? Skybound? Is it Skybound or Blue Sky? It's whoever does Minions, I think. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm worried about it. That's what it was. Uh, distributed by United Artists, releasing oh, Universal Pictures. Mind. It's just Universal. Yeah. yeah like, as soon as they try um, to slip a meme into this, I'm done. Well, no, that's well, they what they're did doing. That. So that, that's the mm. thing. This and, and this is one of those things, too, where it's like I can think, like I feel like they're very much not wanting to hit us as the audience because all of the humor I can see working well for kids, like actual kids right now, which is why I have a really hard time saying that I don't like this movie because it is a kid's movie. And that mm -hmm. humor, that, that is the audience that they're catering to. And so that's one of the things where it's just kind of like, I usually love animated films, but most of the animated films that I love are able to ride that line of entertaining the adult that goes with the child, not just catering only to the child. And that's one of the things that I, I, I guess is probably going to happen here because they have. Yeah, but has it ever always been like completely towards like kids? Because it seems, I mean, I guess depending on what we definition of kid as an age wise we're shooting for, but. Well, this definitely seems like the most kiddie version of the Adams yes. Family. Yes, like, I'm saying because I'm not saying the because obviously we talked about the other ones being on like a uh, you know AMC or ABC Family and everything. So obviously they had some sort of family or some sort of kid thing in there. But it seemed even like then we're talking about kids like that are like twelve or something yeah. or even fourteen versus this seems eight, six. Yeah, no, it's very much a younger, younger kid. Because like, I like, I'm like you. I like a lot of animation. I watch a lot of animation. I enjoy stuff. But it, there's some shows that I can tell, like I'm just too old. No matter how much I like animation, to yeah. get this, and even if I get yeah. it, I'm like I hate it. Yeah. And yeah, some stuff just isn't meant for us, I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah. my only other my only other question because I'm trying to think of like other stuff that's come out that's like this, and I think of like Hotel Transylvania. That was I don't know good. You know. I loved yeah, I like, it. Yeah, I actually yeah. like that one. Yeah, I like the whole Charles of Indie movies. Um, I, I think I think they're really good, mainly because like they have kids stuff in there, but they they have some like adult jokes in there that yeah. are just not for kids. And I don't know if the Adams Family is going to have that. So I look at this as kind of just like this is another Munsters versus Adams Family kind of thing, where you have all of the monsters, and then you have like the regular family, and that's how it kind of feels. I know that uh, Hotel Transylvania is kind of the end of its run already, but I just don't see it being better than Hotel Transylvania. I'm trying to like judge it against stuff that it's kind of in the same line. Yeah, uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to put this against like minions or or you know anything like that, but against Hotel Transylvania, I think Hotel Transylvania is just going to be a better movie. I mean, uh, granted we haven't seen the movie yet, but just from the trailers, Hotel Transylvania looks like a more well-rounded movie with like better writing 
Um, even though it has like Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg and Selena Gomez and Kevin James, like the writing of the movie is pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I was pretty much done when they did the it the it joke, and I was like, "This is stupid." I'm out. Yeah. And now basically for the scene, that's so, pretty much all the trailers. But that's the other thing too. So like as much as like they did that it joke, and it was kind of like that is the current brand of horror. Like that was the top selling horror movie of like the last ten years. Um, which is one of the things too is like when we um, we were on the red carpet for In the Tall Grass, and I interviewed the the child star there, and he was like, "Yeah, my favorite movie's It," and he like talked about it, and he talked about how scared it made him. Like it, it's this really weird feeling because we're in this place of remakes and reboots, where I'm like, I should love this thing because I have always loved this thing. But they're getting made for new audiences that it's almost like crap. Well, Why that's, don't I love this? Well, that's been the problem. I've we I know you and I have talked about it, especially like on our other podcasts of things of like, what is it? What is their goal of this? We're not getting a full generational length. We're getting the people. We're still in like the prime demographic. You're still yeah. prime demographic. Like one, you were prime demographic when the movies. Or I mean, obviously the movies came out before born but like even as kids when they remade it and everything like you're still in the prime demographic of it's not like you have this full generational gap you're only yeah. having oh i watched this when i was 10 now i'm watching it when i'm 25 i mean you still remember well, that it's not like a difference between of like i had a full generational thing like well, a difference so the thing between is, like, is the... like now that i'm thinking and you say it that way the first adam's family stuff was in 62 Right. 63. And then it was 30 years until the next one. Right. Hasn't it? It's been 30, almost 30 years since the 90s. Oh, don't say correct. that. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean you so, are so correct. We're, we're looking but I at, also we're think the, the difference between gaps. that, I think the, also the difference you have is uh, technology we have. I mean, not everybody even owned a TV back then. <laughs> now people own phones. They watch TV on. Um, so I you, think just information much hitting like a, a new new audience. Yeah, you were hitting something because people didn't all have TV back then. People didn't all consume entertainment back then. There were people that lived and like probably never watched a TV show in their life, you know. Versus now, like you can't even leave your house without your phone, or you feel your mess. You know, your host. Yeah, I'm. I just became slightly more optimistic about this. I looked to see who's because maybe because I was your your points. I think valid, Matt. Like, who are they directing this at? So I went to go look at who is the directors for this, and they have these two guys who co-did Sasha's Party. Um, one of them did Monsters and Aliens, Madagascar, Penguins in Madagascar, and the other one did. That's that's basically it. But the fact that these dude, both of these guys did Sausage Party, like, gives me some hope that they're going to slip some jokes in there that are not uh, super kid friendly. Because how could you if you did Sausage Party? I think the other thing is, too, is like, even if it's not kid friendly, I think that there's also just a gap in humor from us to, to now, too. Like, the Fortnite generation, I don't laugh at the, I don't laugh at those, those YouTube things that are happening right now. Like from like younger people, it like it's just it's very different, and so I think that I I think that like I I understand and that is like a little hopeful, but the thing that keeps me not hopeful is that like the type of comedy balancing that has to happen between these two very separate types. 
Which, I mean, we talk about the gap and generation keeps getting smaller and smaller of, like, I relate more to probably even somebody that's probably, like, even all those depending age of anybody, we probably relate more to somebody that's probably in their 40s versus somebody that's 20, like, in their, like, late teens or 20s. Like, just turned 21, despite the fact that the year difference is way different, only because technology and moving forward and everything else. Yeah, I think that's fair. I will say, though, the one thing that I do like is this, uh, the new one does seem to be focusing on, like, them existing as a weird family and not caring. Which I think also might bug me, because it, it was, I don't know. Why? I'm still opponent of them being, like, just unaware, I think, works so much better. You think them be, I, earlier you said that you don't think them being unaware, but them actually not caring that people don't like them. I did not say that. I thought that's what you said. That is not even remotely close to what I said. Everybody else, isn't that what he said? Uh, I don't remember. I'm not going to get into this. (laughs) Alex is learning. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I I, I just think we have, I think obviously we were also talking about a movie that you were talking about, like as a cult film, basically is renowned and everything else not that the other ones earlier were not i just think we have it's a different time frame of like entertainment means more sadly today than it did back then essentially we still play adam Sandler values every thanksgiving yes you're not playing yeah. like obviously we have the older ones but you don't see those and people like if you go and ask your average person that's probably your age maybe a little older you know younger they will remember the 90s film not all of them probably have a clue about the older films or the even the other things existed they might know it but they don't that's not what they're doing yeah i I think you're right kate it's just time right it's we're just in that bubble where it's time for a new one like we're probably gonna get a new scooby-doo like in the next 10 years probably because it's time for another one of those and we're probably we're probably all gonna hate it because it's not the early 2000s one i think that's just how it matthew lillard already hates it (laughs) because nobody's talked to him about being shaggy yeah so obviously it's already bad he said, I get the time frame, I get the group. I also think entertainment works differently in between more being more accessible, that it's just hard. You need a longer time frame and we just don't have complete generations going yeah. through. We're basically like I said for us it's like a, like even Alex made the joke of the nineties were thirty years ago, people still think it ten like five years ago. What it feels like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what it literally feels like for a lot of people because one time has gone faster, but just technology and well, everything has evolve so much and you have so much access like could you even find i mean obviously who and thing but you say like streaming wise outside of maybe streaming somebody nice you, you can't just go find some of these older movies and stuff yeah you can pick yeah. up 90s movies relatively easy yeah we talked about playing vintage vintage video games you can't and atari stuff is still out there but i can go pick up a super nintendo in like 10 minutes yeah that's fair anyway Final thoughts, because that's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, final thoughts. I'll go first. Um, Adam Family. I did enjoy the '90s stuff. It is one of the weird movies that, when I do think about, it, I've seen probably the most out of like a lot of movies. Like considering it's like not saying it's a bad movie, but considering my top like favorite movies of just what I watch, it's I've seen that more than a lot of them. <laughs> um, but. I, I don't know. Obviously, we'll see what we do with the thing, uh, the um, live action or the live action. I'm used to going anime. The anim- the new animation um, and everything that with that coming out and how well it's actually received among people. 
which I think should be interesting. Um, but I know why it's important to people, and I don't think it's going to go away anymore. I mean, also depending on how well this movie does. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, the movies are just good, right? And even some of the TV shows um, and the animated stuff has been pretty well-remembered, at least in my head when I think about like back to like the, the Boomerang um, days. And I know Kate mentioned it earlier, but like Morticia and, and Gomez are, are pretty rela- pretty much relationship goals. I'm super upset that I looked through like countless ranking things and I couldn't find them on like any list of like best couples. Really? And it's and it and it's just nonsense and it's very upsetting to me because I definitely put them up there like in the upper echelon of like best couples ever. It was like oh Rose and Jack. I mean, we, what? Screw- they were not were they even a couple? Yeah. They just had a nice yeah. fling yeah. in a boat. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. These these people I don't know who does these rankings. We we need to do our own rankings, but but they're definitely up there. Man, I, when I think of of like all the stuff we've covered in, you know, now 117 episodes and all the stuff we've covered through Patreon, like they're definitely you know, top tier, like S tier couple, couple goals. And yeah. I think that's super important. Matt. Oh, wait, you went already. Me. Uh, I don't know. I've kind of this, I've spilled how much I loved it. Like when I was younger, like Wednesday, when I was younger, Wednesday made me feel real good about myself. Like she didn't care and she was just who she was. And she actively fought the mean kids, um, which is great. Uh, and now I just love Morticia in, in all honesty and the like the Adams family is always going to have a special place in like my spooky heart and also like I feel like if you just go don't do anything people are going to know exactly what you're doing so that that's all I have for my final thoughts it's not super deep but I, like that. I just love it to be fair before Alex goes and I know I don't want to ruin his awesome speech the snap thing might be overtaken by the switch though soon like the Nintendo Switch sound effects? Oh, yes, because yeah. that thing is driving me insane with every trailer. They use a lot. They, yeah. They're training us like dogs. It's such a satisfying noise. Oh my god, they are! <laughs> <laughs> As a person who deals with trailers every day and disperses all the stuff for gaming for our website, I hear that shit like 10 times a day and it drives me insane. Yay, marketing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a bold move because if it's either going to become associated with quality or crap, and depending on how that goes, it's going to make or break them. Mario or Nindies? But they all had the snap. Gosh. All right, sorry to interrupt. Alex, give your awesome speech that you're going to embarrass us all with. Yeah, uh, hold on. The video froze. I want to make sure you guys can actually hear me before I say anything. Yes. Okay. So I guess final oh, thoughts. Wait, no, I can't hear. Uh, am I am I back? Yes. Yes. Cool. The Adams family, <laughs> I think, for gone. me, matters because Hold on. just no, the, the number of functions and roles restart. that it serves in people's lives. I think. What? <sighs> Damn it, Kate! Oh, he has his own audio. If his oh, own, no, his own audio. I forgot about that. Every time we could hear him, you said he you cut you say something. He said Why he wanted Discord? to make sure we could hear him. We could, and then you stopped him, and then we couldn't hear him again. No. I can hear you now. Why does Oregon hate? Why does Discord hate Oregon? I don't, here's the thing. It's fine on my phone. It's just bad on my computer. That's, That's also weird. Weird. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm, I seem to be back now. So I'm just going to do this while I'm back. Uh, I think the Adams family matters uh, not for any one thing, but because it serves a variety of roles, I think it is a gateway into like the spooky things and the horrific things for people into macabre horror uh, and macabre jokes as children. Uh, but I think that the main thing that it does and the thing that I like about it the most is that for a lot of people that I know and for myself included, it's kind of one of the biggest pop culture examples of how uh, normal isn't all it's cracked up to be and different can be good and weird is okay. And um, that the ideal family that you think you're supposed to have might not look the way that you think it's supposed to look and that um, there's a way to be loving and supportive and kind and to be generous despite how people feel about you and to kind despite how people feel about you um and the adam stanley just is a very like honestly an exemplary family like what people should be striving for like we talked about them wanting to have guests in their home even if those people think they're weird and wanting to support their causes even if those people are kind of mean to them and um yeah it's just like this really cool little gateway into weird parts of culture that people might not wander into on their own and it is just a stellar example of like how to be as a person I've been thinking about this a awesome. lot since we decided we were doing this episode. Aw. <laughs> yeah, no, that's real good. That's everything. And we'll, of course, end on it. So thank you for thank you for coming to talk with yes. us. Yes. Thank you for the first of however many we do this month. Like four or five, something in there. There we yeah. go. Somewhere along those lines. Why don't you tell everybody on the internet where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at MostAlwaysAlex and again, FrightDay.com for horror and genre news and reviews. And then I do Game Boys podcast, and that is just a co-op and multiplayer gaming podcast that I do with two of my friends. And that is it, actually, at this point. That sounded so sad. You're almost there. I'm just We're, that's our goal from the, I'm used to talking about month. like so much longer when people ask where I am online, but like having ended the podcast and everything, it's like, oh yeah, it's a it's a shorter list now. And that's just it sad music plays in the in the background yes <laughs> and a tear rolls down my cheek <laughs> uh as always you can find the podcast at but why though pc and you can support us on patreon if you want to help us out a little bit uh, maybe help us get some better equipment maybe i don't know other things i don't know our patreon has all that listed but you can support us at patreon.com slash but why the pc and you can find me online at Omemeth Randier. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? I'm going to go find the secret room and take play on the water slides. <laughs>